praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus is with me when the storm clouds gather. He's standing by my side when I hear the thunder roll.
with no joy in your life at all. Oh, just give it all to Jesus. Oh, he will never fail you. He'll never, he'll never let you fall.
river attended my way when sorrows like sea billows roll Seas that are shaken and stirred 
can be calmed and broken for my regard. And through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. And through it all, through it all, it is well. And through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. And it is well.
In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. And in the middle of the war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. When my hopes and dreams are far from
nice weather for November. God's been good to us. But they talked about a lot of troubles. And if anything's for sure, America's got troubles. And uh, today I want to talk to you about something that I felt like God laid on my heart. And I want to bring it up. When uh, years ago, when the uh, America's been through a lot of trials in life, they've been through a lot of times where they weren't perfect when they started and they had to correct some things. And we've had wars in our own country. We've had battles that we've had to go back to the drawing board and start again. That doesn't mean that God did not bless us to start with. doesn't mean that God did not use us and, uh, how do you say it, preset, preset it in motion what he wanted done. He knew exactly where we'd be today. God sees things in the future. This is election week, and I don't know if you're registered. If you are, vote. If you're not, pray. Get on your knees, whether you vote or not, and get on your knees and pray because there is only one thing that will change America to the good, and that is God's people getting on their knees and crying out to him. Sue said it. His name is Jesus. Ask him for the grace and the mercy to go forward. Because God has raised up nations. He's raised up kingdoms. And God knows exactly what he's doing with America. Much as I love our America and as much as I honor the, the uh, patriots, the soldiers, and all of those, I, every time I go down and look at my dad's grave, I see that little army First class PFC, and I look at that and I think about my father, and I think about the time he went to war at 18 years old, and the time he went into the service. And I think back of those days and the hours that we lived. America used to have a motto. Their motto in the U.S. was E Pluribus Unum. It means out of many, one. Okay, now that makes good sense, and everybody likes that. Most everybody likes it. But can I tell you, our motto was changed. And it was changed a little bit after World War II to come out to In God We Trust. I like that better. I don't know about you, but when they start saying, out of many, one, they're talking about the United States coming together, but it doesn't mention God. See, I'm glad God's blessed us, and I'm glad God can bring us together. But can I tell you something? We need to be together with him. If we're not together with him, we're missing the boat. And it don't matter how big our army is. It don't no matter how good a speech maker you make. You can get the best speech maker and put them up there, and they'll fit everybody's agenda, everybody's rights, but we can still fall right off into hell because God is not pleased because God is not included in it. And when I'm saying that, I don't care who you are. I don't care where you come from. I don't care if you came from another nation. Most every one of us did, uh, did it way back in our history. But the real truth is God had a purpose for this land and, and we're supposed to be a Christian nation. And I believe the reason it changed to in God we trust was because of 
some of the things that happened through World War II. It was some of the things that God used America for the good. And I think the people got it in their hearts because they began to weep and cry for the soldiers, for the rights, for the things that was happening uh, in our, in our uh, service. And I think that that's why it ended up being changed to that. But what happened to our in God we trust? What's going on in our nation today? Because that's the reason we're in trouble. We quit trusting God. Am I wrong? Am, am I wrong? Can I, can I only say that we're the only church trusting God? No. I know there's all kinds of people across this land trusting God still. But a lot of them are still looking at the USS economy or the USS army or whoever they're looking at. And I can tell you right now, without God, we cannot make it. We got to get back on trusting who we're supposed to trust. We're children of God. You know what he did? He delivered us from ourselves. So why do we go back and think we can do it for ourselves? Because that's what people are doing. That's some of the people that we nominate in elections. Now, I'm not going to get too much on the politics side, but I can, I can aggravate you and I can aggravate myself. I can aggravate my wife or anybody on this on the subject of politics. But can I tell you something, other? I still know God will guide us and direct us. And he'll bring people in there that you probably thought to yourself, I wouldn't vote for that person because I don't like who they are. But God might be ready to use them. He may be ready to use fire with fire. I don't know how to say it. But if it was by our only goods that we done, we wouldn't need God. We just keep doing the good. But see, we know we need God. We need God. We can vote in the exact right person that we think perfect. And they'll make mistakes that we'll be ashamed that we voted for. Like I said, I'm not preaching on politics. But I am preaching on trust. Where you're putting your trust at. The word trust, it means to rely on the character, ability, strength, and truth of someone. How many of those? That only points up. He's the one. It's also to place confidence in someone or have hope in someone. How many knows we need hope? When you're down and the, and the storms of life have got you down, and you may not have been there. Maybe you've went through life with always a little money in the bank and a little cushion, and no matter what problems you went along, you just kept on walking your way. But can I tell you something other? God lets us know in life, somewhere along the line, I come short. I can't save myself. I can't rescue myself. I can't fix my family. I can't fix my children. I can't fix my grandchildren. I can't fix my cousins. I can't fix people that I think are away from God. I can't do it. But he can. So where is my trust at? Do I give up because America has put God out of school, has put God out of our companies, has put God out of our country? Do I give up? No. We are the people that ought to be on our knees saying, I trust God to change something. And you know what? That might cost me. I might have to vote for somebody that might hurt my little pocketbook. Isn't that pitiful? You know what? 
Do what's right. I don't care what it costs you. Do what's right in the eyes of God, and God will reward you for it. I want you to turn to Job, if you will, and if anybody has portrayed trusting in God, it's Job. You all know the story of Job, how he went through so much. Even God said, have you considered my servant Job? Job had went through a hard time. He'd lost 10 children. His wife told him, God's turned on you basically, and you need to uh, curse God and die because you have failed God somewhere. And all of his friends, when they come supposedly to comfort him, they come and all they end up doing was pointing the finger at him and said, you must have a sin somewhere in your life. Job, you, you really messed up. God don't do people that way. God don't turn. You know what? We keep thinking that we're supposed to have all the blessings of life. But how many knows Jesus? He was the most blessed person that walked up on the earth. And he blessed everybody to come around. And yet they hung him on a cross. And he never done one thing wrong. He didn't deserve that. How many knows Job's, Job's made the statements to his wife? If God lets the good come, why doesn't he let the evil come? Good reigns on the good and on the just and the unjust. Anyway, it comes in the 11th chapter. I want you to look at one verse in the 11th chapter. And I want you to remember it. It ain't what I'm preaching. I'm going to the 14th or 13th. It says in uh, the 11th chapter, there's a man named Zophar. He's one of these supposedly comforters that came to comfort Job. And in the end of that chapter, verse 11, uh, chapter 11, it's verse 20. And he says, but the eyes of the wicked shall fail. This is that Zophar talking to Job. And they, that shall not, and they shall not escape, and their hope shall be as the giving up of the ghost. Now, I want you to remember that. Don't make no sense right now, but I want you to remember. Zophar's telling Job, those that do wicked basically ain't got no hope and they might as well give up the ghost. Basically, you've run to a dead end of yourself. You just won't admit you've got problems. This is some kind of comforting, ain't it? Don't go to the hospital comforting people that way. Don't give them no hope. Now turn to 13. And look at verse 13, Job 13, 13. Job decides to stand up. And he started talking right after that verse I just read. In 12, 13, and 14, Job starts to reply to this Zophar. And I want you to hear something. Job's in a trial of his life. He's in the trial of his life. Some of you are in the trial of your life. Listen to what I'm telling you. It says in Job 13, Job speaks up. He says, hold your peace, let me alone that I may speak, and let come on me what will. Wow, how many prayed that? Lord, whatever you say, I accept it. Whatever comes on me, God, I give it over to you. Are you willing to do that? Or do you only want God if God blesses you and gives you all those things that you want? Only what you see that's blessed. God's using you. Sometimes he's using us for reasons 
that we don't know. Job was being used. Me and you are still reading about Job. Why? Because God's trying to encourage his people to trust me. It says in verse 14, Wherefore do I take my flesh, Job said, in my teeth, and I put my life in my hand. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. See, that's a big statement. You've heard that all your life. But Job said it. But I want you to understand why he said it. He said it because he said, I put my life in my hand when I make this statement. You know what? He, he came up before those friends and he replied to them and challenged them to say, look, whatever I've done, it doesn't matter what I've done. I confess it. He's trying to provoke God to speak to him, but God's not speaking to him. God's left him to trust him. How many know sometimes, and I, I remember talking to Larry, saying, Larry, just wait for God to talk to you. And then I got to thinking, maybe God's not going to talk to him. Maybe God's not going to speak to him. Maybe God's just going to let him just trust him all the way. And he trusted him anyway, but God did speak to him. But I thought to myself, sometimes we don't know how God's going to answer the, the prayer that we're praying or the problem that we're in. I don't know how God's going to fix America. I don't even know if that's in the end of the story. Now, you know what? Christians are in the end of the story. We're going to be with Jesus. But America's in trouble. As a nation, he's, they're in trouble. You know, I know... Ben talked about this great nation. It's a great nation. But let me tell you something. We're in, we're in a troubled time. If they vote in what they're voting in, it will destroy our children. And everybody just sits back like, ah, oh, well, give them a chance. Give them a, give them a little lead way. Let them do what they want to do. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm not turning my children over to that. I pray against it every day. And I don't raise my grandchildren. That's my kid's job. It says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him, but I will maintain mine own ways before him. Job's basically saying, I'm open to you, God. You already know my heart, God. If I've done something wrong, you know about it. And I confess that to you. You know, I told you about uh, David last week, a man after God's own heart. Why? Because when he was guilty, he confessed to God, I'm guilty. He didn't argue with him, debate with him. He didn't try to talk his way around it. Didn't make excuse, didn't blame it on someone else. He said, Lord, I got guilt. I know I do. When America cannot repent until they start seeing they got faults. We don't see we got any faults. We just think voting in somebody uh, doing a little better at what we think could, should happen. But God knows what needs to happen in this country. It says... Verse 16, he also shall be my salvation for an hypocrite, listen to this, a hypocrite shall not come before him. Job's speaking pretty plain, isn't he? He's, he's saying, you know what? There ain't no hypocrite going to stand before God. And if I'm a hypocrite, I'm telling you, I'm speaking out and God hears me. But I'm confronting those friend, this friend. And he said, hear diligently my speech. And my declaration with your ears. Behold now I have ordered my cause. I know that I shall be justified. 
Who is he that will plead with me? For now, if I hold my tongue, I shall give up the ghost. There's that give up the ghost again. How many knows Job's replying to something Zophar said to him back three or four chapters ago? Job is a great example of someone in a troubled time and praying and seeking God and waiting upon God to answer, waiting to hear from God with no answer. And yet he held on. He trusted God. He believed God. In Romans, the eighth chapter, verses you've heard all your life, the 37th verse, Romans 8, Paul said this, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, or powers, or things present, or things to come, nor height, or death, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now I want you to hear something. Why am I reading that? If you truly trust him, know this. We're more than conquerors through him. It ain't you. It ain't that you put on a suit and you look good. It ain't that you can preach a message or sing a song. It's the fact that you trust him. Do you truly trust him? Do you truly put your confidence in him? Is your hope in him? Or are you hoping in Trump coming back or somebody else? Who are you hoping for? I hope God shows up. I hope God wakes a whole country up. Wake up, America. We need America to wake up. And you know what? We need to truly walk like Jesus walked. Nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. I want you to understand something. That is being used to tell you you'll never lose your salvation. That is not what that's saying. I'm sorry to tell you, and if you stuck on that, then I ain't going to argue with you. I'm just going to tell you that I don't believe that. See, I believe what he's telling them is that you've got inside of you the Savior of the world. And there is nothing that can separate you from him if you walk in him. When we start walking in the world and then calling ourselves still God's people, that isn't what Jesus came here to die for. That isn't what he gave his life for. He came to set us free from our sin, not to carry our sin on into the church and just begin to say, you know what? Everybody's got sin. It don't matter what you do. Now, I keep making those statements, and I know you may not like me, and you may not. You may want to throw tomatoes. If we would have tomatoes, we don't have no tomatoes, but that used to be the old way they did it. And I'm not just picking on somebody. I think God can keep anybody. But you've got to make up your mind that I'm going to trust God my whole life. I didn't go up here to get saved to get my ticket and I got it in my back pocket and I just go on and live in the world any way I want to. Just wind me up and let me go. No, God's a personal God. And he saved you to walk with you and to talk with you every day of your life. When you, when you get into the area of having a husband or wife, he's there. 
helping you guide. When you get into children and the whole world's going crazy and you're trying to raise your children right, God is there. How many knows you can trust his word? You can trust his son. You can trust the one that paid your price. But see, we keep looking to the flesh. We keep looking to the politicians or somebody with a new program or another amount of money. They used to say, back in the late 90s, it was all about the money. It's all about the economy. That's all they wanted to hear about. But now we're rich in, our, in the eyes of a lot of people, and we're getting worse. We're not getting better. Money doesn't fix our problem. Now I want to talk to you about some of the scriptures in to do with trust. I want you to look at Psalms 9, 9 and 10. It says, The Lord also will give a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. And thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Now, I want you to remember these scriptures. I want you to think on these scriptures as a reading because there's a purpose for them. You know what? All through the Bible, God keeps telling us to trust him. But we keep stepping into that area where somebody's got a new pill to take, somebody's got a new program to go on, somebody's got a new way. You know, I, we're talking about it Thursday night when Jesus went around. You don't find Jesus saying he needs a counselor. Go get him a counselor somewhere and hire him a counselor. Maria, I never saw that in there. I don't, it don't add up. But that's all we think, we even the Christians are thinking, that's all we need is a, a good Christian counselor. No, we need to go to Jesus. We need to pray and we need to admit when we got problems. And quit playing it like we're better than we are. I might dress up and stand up here, but you know what? I got problems. You don't know about it, and maybe some of it's none of your business. But if I bring it to you and pray, then that's what I'm supposed to do. Bring it to you and help me pray and reach the Father that he'll help me with this problem. Not go to somebody that doesn't even know God. In uh, Psalm 62, verse 5, it says, My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. Boy, if we had Christians talking that way today. Boy, if we had Christians saying, He is my rock, my Savior. He is my defense and I won't be moved. Because see, too many places we're going and voting for people that we know God disagrees with. But we vote for them anyway. We purposely go and vote them in because it benefits us somewhere. Or maybe it benefits our children somewhere. I'm sorry. You know what? Our children need saved just like everybody else's children need saved. And they need to see an example. It says, he only is my rock, salvation, defense, and I should not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength. My refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. 
pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. That means think on it. Read those scriptures to yourself and think upon what God is telling you. He's telling you to trust him. Now, I know I'm bringing up something that you've heard all your life, but we need to have a trust in God. That's something that you can look at our country that's portrayed it on our money. They portrayed it in our land. They portrayed even God's word all across the buildings in Washington, D.C., but they're moving God out of the country. We don't want nothing to do. Don't talk about God. They'll put on a false face because they'll have prayer before their meetings every day. And I'm thinking, you do that, you curse each other out and vote against God. I'm sorry. You know what? I'd rather have the children's junior church rule our country. At least the kids know who, who his name is. They know who they're talking about. Psalms 125, first two verses. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion which cannot be removed, but abides forever. As the mountains are, listen to this second verse, as the mountains are around about Jerusalem, so the Lord is around about his people from henceforth even forever. You know, you know the Lord's around you right in the middle of the storm? You know what? Right in the eye of the storm, he's taking care of you. He knows how to take care of you. I don't care what the storm. When our parents were dying and we didn't know what to do, we kept thinking the doctor could come up with something. The med next medicine, the next somebody could have an idea of what to do. They all claim to have all this knowledge. But can I tell you something? When they were on their way out, we stood by and we prayed, oh God, show us what to do. But we had to turn around and say, God, they're in your hands. You know where they're at. You know where we're at. And you know what? I wouldn't take nothing for the days that we had our parents. I wouldn't take nothing for the troubled times because it showed us how to truly have compassion and love for people. See, you tell me you're helping your elder, and I want to tell you something. I praise God for you. I thank God for you. I know Stephanie's been taking care of her mother, Stephanie Manson. You know what? That's a hard thing to do. Take care of somebody every day that needs help. Because you may be there tomorrow. Because it's happening quick. Sometimes it ain't something you just gradually go to. It's something that happens overnight. but the Lord surrounds his people. Just like Mount Zion around Jerusalem, Bill, just like you can't remove it, you can't remove it, there's mountains around it. Well, God says, I'm just like that. I'm, just, I'm around my people, and there ain't nobody can remove me. Do you trust him? Do you trust him with your life? Do you trust him with the problem you got? Just don't get uppity about it. Don't look for the answer somewhere else. Keep praying about it. Keep saying, Lord, I trust you. Yeah, I'm going to go vote. I'm going to pick whoever I think's best. 
but my trust is in God. And if there's somebody I'm voting for that's wrong, I pray God corrects them. God, maybe you're going to correct them and change them. I don't know. But I got to vote the way I see it. In Numbers, the 14th chapter, I got a short message. I know you don't believe this. But in Numbers, the 14th chapter, the spies had went out and spied the land. God told Moses, send 12 men, one of each tribe, and send them over to spy out the land, the promised land. God had already delivered them from Egypt. God had delivered Israel and brought them all the way to the promised land. And now he says, send 12 spies over to spy out the land. And when they come back, 10 of them were fearful and scared. 10 of them says, there's no way we can take that land. But there was two, Joshua and Caleb. Listen to this. Numbers, the 14th chapter, look at verse 6. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes, tore their clothes because they heard the other ten and the rest of the people whining about we can't go into the land. The land that God had already delivered them from Egypt and brought them to and called it their land. I'm going to give you this land. But they didn't trust God. They didn't believe God. They didn't trust Moses and Aaron. It says, verse 7 of the 14th chapter of Numbers, it says, And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we, which we pass through to search it, it is an exceeding good land. And if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only rebel not you against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. How many knows that's, that's an encouraging word? And you know what? When I look at that, I see what Caleb and, and Joshua said, and I realize that's what God wants us to be. He wants us to make up our mind that we believe that if God wants this country to be a great country again, make America great again, or whatever you want to call it, you know what? If God intends for this country to be great, then it'll be God that raises it up, not you and me. It won't be our great choices. It'll be the prayer of the saints that calls upon the Heavenly Father. And sometimes that's just praying, God, give us grace for our tomorrow. Give us a tomorrow. Give us space to repent, Lord. We all got loved ones that we want. We don't, I want God to come back. I want him to come back as soon as he can. But I know that I got loved ones that I don't know how to pray that way sometimes. I'll pray, oh God. Give them a little space to repent because they're not ready. Down at verse 22 of Numbers 14. It says, Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times and have not hearkened to my voice, 
Surely they shall not see the land which I swear to their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, and hath followed me fully. Wow, Christian. I don't know about you, but that makes me feel convicted. See, he says, Caleb had, his, had another spirit. He didn't have that spirit of fear or doubting God. He had the spirit that says, God delivered us and brought us to this door, and if he wants to give it to us, it's ours. He had another spirit within him, and he hath followed me fully, God said about him. Are you following him fully? Are you holding on to him? Are you trusting him today? It's a little word. The old song says, trust and obey. There is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. It says, hath followed me fully. Him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. His seed, that means children following him. On over in the 37th chapter of Psalms. Trust in the Lord and do good. 37.3. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land. And verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself in the Lord. And he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him. And he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as a new day. Proverbs 3, 5 and 8, 5 through 8. You've heard this all your life. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to the navel and marrow to the bones. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. How many knows if you trust him, keep your mind on him. Keep your mind on God taking care of America. Quit looking off for the world to take care. Quit looking at the Republican Party to take care of you or the Democratic Party to take care of you. Look to God. It says, trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. And the 112th Psalm says this, surely he shall not be moved. 112, 6 through 8. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. You know what's the truth? I read that scripture and I thought, well, maybe I put that in there. Maybe I'll not include this in it. This message. But then all of a sudden I realize until he sees a desire upon his enemies. You know what? I want those 
that's trying to destroy this land. I want those that's allowing evil spirits to work in our schools. I don't, I don't know if you like this or not, but I'm going to tell you. I want those people stopped. And you know what? I'm going to pray till God rises up at a standard and he sets them out of their place. You know what? I, I'm not going to physically go walk a, in a big parade around the school. That ain't my job. I'm, a, I'm not even got no kids in school. And that put me in jail. That's okay. But the point is, it's got to be God. God needs to come against what's going on. And we need to pray against the evil that is rose up in, in these uh, high places, these powers and principalities in high places because they are pushing this every day. You know how many good teachers that has probably went into wanting to teach children and now they're having to teach garbage to our children. They're teaching the gender junk. They're teaching the everything, evolution, global warming. They're teaching everything to them. And they're being told by their higher-ups that that's what you got to teach. And I'm going to tell you something, though. I look back at my father and I think my father would be in a rage right now. He'd be upset. And so would a lot of your elders. Where do they think they got the right to walk in and do that to your children? You know what? Maybe we've lived too long in a free country. Maybe we've had God's blessing on us too long. Maybe we need to suffer a little bit or strive a little bit. But Lord, if it takes some striving and digging, we need to do it. Because I don't want to get along with the enemy. I don't want to make deals with the enemy. I don't want to sit down at the bargaining table with them. Is that bad? When I know they're wanting to kill babies, I don't want to sit down at the table and negotiate when. I just say you're wrong, you're wrong. Don't go there. But you know what? Our money and the world that we're living in has come to that. For money's sake, they're selling baby parts. You know what? We would have never believed, my sisters and brothers would never believed that growing up, that our country would sell baby parts. And they've already turned it into to this area where it put a white sheet over it and make it like they're doing good things. Excuse me. Lord, take me out of here. Don't let me go after some baby's parts to keep me alive for another, another 10 years. I say, Lord, move me out of here. Take me off this earth and put me somewhere else because I can't go along with this. We're facing the day now. This is our battle. This is our generation. We're the ones alive in this generation. We're the ones that should be fighting it. But money talks. That's why Jesus said this. Becky, come on up. That's why Jesus said this in the 10th chapter of Mark. I've got three or four verses here to read and I'm done. But I want you to hear this. Jesus looked around about and said to his disciples, listen to me, listen to me, Christian. I want you to hear this. I praise God if you're, if you're blessed by God and your blessing has got to do with things and money. Do you know what? Praise God. Because God does reward people for walking with him. He prospers people. But I'm not talking about just money. But listen to this. Jesus made the statement. 
he said to his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. See, they'd already been taught that those that were blessed were obviously blessed by God. Those that had a lot, they were blessed by God. That's why Job took so much uh, flack for what he was doing. He had lost it all, basically. Job was losing it all, and his friends turned on him. But it says here, and the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches? Now that comes to the reason. You know why it's so hard for the rich man? Because he's trusting in his riches. He can't get back to trusting in God. He can't come to the place where he says, I give it up. You know what? That rich young ruler that came and told Jesus, what do I need to do to be saved? Jesus said, sell all you have. At the end of it, he said, there's one thing you lack. Sell all you have, give to the poor. Take up your cross and follow me. But it was too much. No, I got that security. I can't let go of my security. See, I don't know. I'm not picking on nobody with money. Listen to me. I'm not picking on nobody without money. But listen to me, it comes back to trusting in God. And if you can't get over your money to trust in God, you'd be better off if God took your money away from you. Because let me tell you something, one of these days, the doctor's going to say, you're done. And you know what you're going to end up? In one little room. Ben, I remember saying that to Linda's mother. When, Linda, when Linda's mother passed away, I remember preaching that about it comes down to one little room. All that she had would have fit in one little room, her, her children. But all those belongings she had, all of those old furnitures, all of those old blessings that she, none of it was going with her. Doctor says you're done, you're done, and you're leaving this life, and you ain't taking nothing with you. So where's your trust? In your money or in your things? Get off the trusting of things. America's got to get off thinking of money is the answer. Because as long as they do, they push God out of the place of being trusted for anything. We don't trust God. We trust in our own might, our own wisdom, our own power. And you know what? We're failing. Think about it. We keep claiming all of these great technologies, all of these things that we can do. Oh, if those people would just give us more money. We could do so many more things. I don't think they can do one more thing to bring one soul to, have, to heaven. They can't prepare one soul for heaven if they don't bring God into the picture and his plan of salvation. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? And Jesus, looking upon them, said, With men it is impossible, but with God, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Aren't you glad? See, I was lost, and I didn't know where I was going. And I thought it was all about my own health, my own ideals. 
I'll get me a job. Boy, when I get out of school, I ain't going on to school. I'm going to get me a job. I'm going to put some money in the bank. Then I met my girlfriend. That's another subject. <laughs> no. no, but the truth was I wasn't disciplined to be that person. That wasn't what God wanted for me anyway. God brought me to the place where I knew I was lost at a young age. And that's what God needs to do for you. Quit trusting in your money. It's not going to fix you. Quit trusting in those things or people because they're not going to help you from your heart. Lord, I trust you. I trust you. There's nothing in this life that we can put our trust in besides him. If you haven't done that, you need to do that today. Because I don't know how long God's going to hold his arms out. One day he's going to turn to the son and say, go get my children. And this day of grace is going to be cut off. This day of simplicity of coming to the altar and saying, Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Save me. Help me. Rescue me from myself. I'm lost. See, our Savior made a plan that fits every one of us, no matter who you are, no matter what you did. If he can love King David and all he did, if he can love Apostle Paul, my goodness, Paul was killing the church. He was persecuting the church. But if God can love him, stop him in his tracks and wake him up, and change his whole life till he was ready to say, I count all things lost that I may win him. That's all that mattered to him anymore. Andy, that's all that ever mattered anymore. Praise God. God needs to change something in the church. He needs to change something in America. Yes, we should do our duty. We should vote. And I'm going to try my best to get in line. Don't know how long the line will be. I hope it's a long line of good people doing what God told them to do. The old song says, Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Oh Lord, help us to take you at your word. He's promised us all things if we'll trust him. Trust him. That means believing him. That means putting your hope in him. Putting all your confidence in him. Is it my confidence is in him as long as I got money in the bank to back it up? No. Put your trust in him. Make up your mind, Jesus. I'm going to make you first. And everywhere the door opens, I'm going to go and I'm going to remember to take you with me everywhere I go, Lord. You are number one in my life. You're my number one trust. Praise God. Everybody stand. I hear the sound of a mighty rushing. 
years before Christ the whole the whole Old Testament points to Jesus it points to where we'd have trust we could trust God's plan of salvation for 2,000 years we've had this gospel did you know when 4,000 years was up, they were looking for him to come. It was written in the book. It was written in the, in the scrolls that he was coming. Did you know they didn't believe he was coming? 
And when he did come, they didn't recognize him when he got here. You know what? We keep talking about the midnight cry. He's coming. He's calling his church out. Some of us think that's a fairy tale. But the Bible says that he will come. Dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain will be caught up together forever to be with the Lord. You know there's a change coming in America. There's a change coming in the whole world because Jesus is coming back for his children. They didn't believe it then, and we don't believe it now. Most people don't believe it now. And I'm talking about part of the churches. They don't believe it. But we should be living, trusting in God, trusting in the plan that, of salvation, the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the only way to escape. It's the only way that we can be renewed and restored to a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Somebody said it in the back that they have to go to the doctor and get a physical. Some of us elders, that's, that's what retirement's about. All you do is meet a lot of nice doctors. Can I tell you, just the same as you need a physical checkup, you need a spiritual checkup today. This is what I'm telling you. Check yourself. Examine yourself. Lord, am I trusting you? Am I really just like a little child holding your hand? Or do I think I got all this handled myself? I don't need no help. I done got money in the bank for my funeral. I done got this or that, and everything's okay. No, it ain't okay. You need to be ready. You need to be looking for him. You need to be living for him. Because he's coming back for those looking for him. Praise God. We need to believe it. Because God has warned us. He has forewarned us over and over. Be ready. It's the only way. Thank you for your patience today.